and welcome to my podcast, Pure Happy Healthy. My name is Leandra Haupt and today I got a beautiful interview guest here with me. Her name is Janelle Annette and I will give you a short introduction about her before we get started. Janelle Annette is a connection facilitator and coach focused on women and how they can improve the relationship to themselves and others. She is a facilitator for Rising Women, a platform which is dedicated to topics as spirituality, conscious relationships, astrology, shadow works and moon cycles. At the moment she lives on Bali, giving workshop and online coaching sessions. As you can maybe hear in the background, we're on Bali. I'm excusing any background noise, but it's very difficult to find a quiet spot here. So I'm already excusing any noise. Did I forget any important aspects of my introduction for now? Yeah, so hello everybody. Um, I am currently focusing on working with women that are experiencing breakup and um, relationship questions. So women that are really wanting to look at shifting their patterns and understanding more why it is that they may have um, difficulty maintaining or gaining relationships. So that's currently my area of focus. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having this interview with me today. As I found out, you studied business originally. Um, so what you're doing is quite different from that. How did you make this transformation or this shift in this direction? Hmm. Yeah, so I actually studied business just partway through my program. So I never actually finished. Um, I began doing women's work with Rising Women as a participant in a women's circle. Um, and over time, I became really passionate and eventually took on a facilitator role. So part of business wasn't really uh, sticking in my heart. I didn't feel as though I wanted to just simply do marketing for some other company. Um, I knew from the beginning that I would prefer to have autonomy and work for myself. Um, and so I decided to take a break because school in North America is very expensive And I wanted to just continue down this route of really exploring my shadow and my mind and just diving into this really beautiful container of um, women's work and shadow work. And then, yeah, eventually began facilitating and really just seeing how this can all evolve and deciding to um, take the, the path less traveled and follow my heart in that and just dive fully into offering this work. So it was quite a challenging transition for me to make that call, but um, one that I'm so glad that I did um, so that I can really just do what I love and follow that passion. And yeah, it was, a, it was a, the best decision I could have made for myself. Oh, I'm so happy that you were strong enough to follow your path because it uh, needs a lot of courage, I think. So uh, thank you for sharing that and hopefully also giving the courage to other people out there. Um, you mentioned you were a facilitator um, for the platform Rising Woman. Could you explain first of all to the audience what exactly does a facilitator do? And second, what is the platform um, exactly about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like I said, it was um, in the women's circle is where I began facilitating. And so that role would be that I was basically the leader of the group. Um, I create the, the night that we have, or, or if we're doing a workshop, I'm creating the, the plan for the workshop and basically hosting the evening and supporting people through processes. So um, it's creating the 
the structure and as well as supporting and doing some teaching on the the concepts that we're working with. So it's a bit of everything. Um, and online now with Rising Women, I facilitate in their online program. So there's a private Facebook cohort um, for everyone that signed up for Heal Your Relationships, which is their course. And I offer support and guidance and do occasional Facebook lives in that group. So Rising Woman is a platform based on um, conscious relationship and shadow work which has all originated from a teacher back in Vancouver um, where Shalina and Heather of Rising Woman apprenticed under him for many years. I've also taken his training and um, was involved in their initial group before it became what it is today. And so currently there's one program being offered and there's more in the works and that is your relationships so we focus on looking at people's relationship patterns and what comes up for them as struggles and hardship in relationship as a indicator for what's going on inside them and um, any beliefs they may carry about themselves or patterns that you know maybe have been going on and for a long time and formed when we were in um, developmental years so it's really about applying all that awareness and those aspects into how our relationships have looked in the past, how they look today, um, and doing deep healing work to move through those things, shift these patterns so that we can invite in more conscious, aligned, wholehearted relationships into our lives. So nice. <laughs> so how, um, if I book a coaching session with you, how would that usually look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be unique to each person depending on their process and um, the kind of support that they are looking for. But essentially, each each coaching session that we would book, if we booked in a package and we're doing um, a bit of a more of a journey together, I would personally form a a plan for everybody as they go through based on what they're looking um, or they're working with. So it would be a lot of processes oriented to get you more clear on some conditioning that you may have kept from childhood and to get really clear on what's not working in your relationships. And then it would be about bringing a lot of awareness, acceptance, um, and ultimately shifting those patterns so that um, my clients can connect deeper in their current partnerships or in their future partnerships, as well as learning how to Uh, be attracted to partners that are really going to suit us and getting clear on what that is. So it'll be pretty full picture in looking at the past, looking at the the current, and then setting ourselves up so that in the future our relationships can be um, more conscious and again communicative and healthy. So yeah, it's it's very personal, but it will be a lot of emotional processing work and reflection just taking people really deep into that so that they can um, ultimately shift these patterns since you've worked with quite a few different people would you say that you um, see a pattern that always comes back um, especially you're focused about women so would you say a lot of women struggling with the same issues yeah definitely it depends of course on women to women but some more common themes would be that women find themselves attracted to unavailable men. That's a very common one. 
Um, women may be having more anxious attachment style, meaning they're often chasing men or, or really kind of needing to be with a man to in order to feel okay and are maybe getting into relationships where they're anxious and their their partners or the men they're chasing are more avoidant so that's a common one you see Um, but of course that's not unison across all women that's just some more basic common patterns can you trace back where these beliefs or these pattern come from is that connected to our childhood yeah absolutely so it it's often that the way that we either saw our parents and their relationship together or how we related with our parents in fact it's it's more of that full picture is going to be how we carry forward in our relationships today so that might be looking like you as a child really wanted to be loved of course that's what we all want and um, there was either ways that if your parents gave you love conditionally, you would been taught yourself that you need to be a certain way in order to be loved. And a lot of these things, especially as children, th- that is how it feels, right? And we don't have a full picture of the outside world. So it's, it's very much to do with yeah, our relationship with our parents and as we watch them together because our first picture of a woman and how a woman should be was from our mothers. And our first picture of how a man and a man should be were from our fathers. That's if we had parents that were in a male-female relationship. Otherwise, if you had same-sex parents, um, that could look different. But it's ultimately about looking at the the dynamic between the two. And if you didn't have if you didn't have parents that raised you or were in um, a different system like that, that's also just going to affect it. Uh, but for a general guideline, you could look at your parents. So it's um, basically always connected to your shadow work. If you want to find a partner that matches you or like improve your relationship, you would say you always have to work on your inner, uh, in your inner childhood basically and heal your inner child and look in these dark shadow parts in order to also resolve your relationships. Yeah, exactly. So doing this work can look like shifting the patterns of who we're attracted to and then it also comes into play when we are in relationships that do feel healthy and that's not to say there won't be arguing there's always going to be struggle in relationship but it's about learning how to take ownership of our own stuff that's coming up owning our projections so if we're putting um a lot of beliefs or labels or judgments on a person being able to own that and take it home is going to help us remain connected in conflict rather than totally push each other away and assume that it's all that person's stuff. So it's a lot of ownership work while in partnership. But what this does when you're doing it, especially on your own, is helps you to become more clear on what kind of partnership you want and essentially creating the basis that that partner needs to A, um, respect your boundaries and B, to be willing to meet you there when you are in conflict and when difficulty arises, knowing that they're going to be able to in some form hold space or at least hear you as you're diving through a process. So it's just about getting clear on on what kind of relationships will allow you to continue to do this work within them. So let's say I have a um evo- emotional very shut down partner um who's not really willing to talk about the feelings and doesn't really get my point. How do I deal with that? 
Mm -hmm. So in this work, it's often that it's really important to start focusing on yourself and seeing how you show up. Um, Because a lot of the times if we're in some kind of some kind of pattern or some kind of dance we're always doing the same steps and if we do this in relationship let's say we're always having the same kind of fight coming up um there it takes two to tango right it takes two to have that dynamic so the moment we start changing the way that we show up that kind of dance can't go on um and so that's actually that's from a quote from a book that i'm not able to think of right now that when you change your dance the dance can no longer go on Um, but yeah, so in that you will shift the way that that pattern or that conflict or whatever it is starts arising and your partner will then need to respond differently. And that could look like them being afraid or them also opening up and going into it. So sometimes when we really start focusing on our own work, our partners will begin to take that on and do that as well for themselves as we, again, just focus on ourselves. However, that might not be the case and our partner might not be willing to meet us there and they don't need to do it in the same way that we do but they need to at least be willing to meet us to hold space for our emotions and so eventually if that's kind of seeming to be the case that they're not willing to meet us or respect our boundaries or or just even have authentic open communication then that might not be the partner for you and typically in this there is a gradual falling away as you learn to really respect your needs in relationship and to prioritize yourself because this work is really about self-acceptance and self-love that might mean that you no longer want to remain in that relationship if it's not feeling like you can really honor yourself because we don't want to be abandoning ourselves in relationship Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so um, interesting that you're saying that you basically always get the same partners until you look inside yourself and change something inside yourself. Because I feel like a lot of people I know or yeah see, they always end up with the same kind of like pattern in their relationship where they always fail at one moment. And the universe always gives us the same task until we're able to resolve it. And then we can move on with a different dance, as you really said it. Um, so would you say authenticity and open communication and really honoring yourself these are like the three key words for fulfilled and good relationship mm-hmm. and I, I just want to quickly touch on your last comment because it is that we are attracted to the same people but it's also in that we carry the same behaviors as well because that's been learned so i just wanted to um, add that quickly so yeah i would say those three things in a in a simple form could say the key to a really to a really beautiful healthy relationship because again it doesn't mean that there's no fighting i would also throw an ownership in there because when we're having some kind of conflict arise if yes those those things are met that we can be authentic and really meet each other there and just be true to what's going on that's going to create so much more flow and understanding and compassion for ourselves and for our partner so all of that with ownership and that might be if you're having some kind of fight and you want to demonize that person or say they're wrong for this that and this the minute we say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna take some ownership and see what is my part in this what what 
of my shadow and my projecting onto them and we can come at it more from okay this is what I'm feeling this is what's going on for me maybe I feel scared or hurt and this is reminding me from this situation when I was little so I want to push you away right now but it's coming from my pain I'm going to tell you this right I'm going to tell this to my partner and this is what's going on for me and they're going to be so much more receptive to that rather than saying well you you suck and I don't like how you did this that and this right so we're we're bringing it home and saying hey when you did this that and this it reminded me of this time i felt scared it brought up this memory from childhood and i typically would really want to push you away i'm telling you this because i know that that's my pattern and i want to lean into some discomfort here and open up and let you in so that i'm not repetitively pushing you away and we just keep having this fight until you know maybe something doesn't work out so it's that willingness to to be authentic and take ownership and share that with with your partner. Is that basically also a method um, of the shadow work? Just to look deep, how um, did I react in a childhood or how does my feelings relate to the childhood right now and um, what can I maybe change or what do I learn from that? Yeah, exactly. So uh, this work, you don't actually need to be in a relationship at all to, to do it. That's just more so an example of what we would... Um, look to, to having into inviting more into our current or future relationships so I've actually often done this work when I've been completely single and I've still been able to really dive in by looking at past relationships and looking at things on a day-to-day -day basis that come up so I'm almost always doing shadow work and it sounds heavy and intense at times it can be but mostly it's just about noticing You know, even if I'm just judging somebody that's not my partner, it's a friend or something along those lines, I can always bring it home, learn something about myself. Um, and then a lot of it is also implementing tools to see, okay, well, what do I need? Because this is really about understanding ourselves and our own process, but it's also about learning how to self-parent and self-soothe and take care of ourselves. Right When we're feeling scared or like we want to push people away or we want to judge people, like our shadow kind of-esque um, traits, it's not to say, well, we're just bad people and we're damaged. It's to say, okay, this was hard for me as I grew up, so I want to act in this way. I want to keep this person out. I want to judge this person or whatever. It's about inviting in compassion and using tools that are going to help soothe you. So that could look like doing breath work, meditating, even just speaking to your inner child, um, and so many more that can be really personal to you for, for what you need in order to parent yourself so that you can continue um, exploring this dynamic of your inner relationship, but also really learning to take care of yourself and love yourself in a deep level because that will transpire out into all your relationships. The more love we have for ourselves, the more we can accept ourselves, the more love we have for others, and the more um, acceptance we can have with other people around us too. Yeah, it's so interesting. Basically, all my interviews always trace back to self-love. And I feel like this is really the core of everything. If you love yourself, you can give so much more. And 
yeah, things will work out so much better and evolve in your life. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, would you say that this is a lifelong process, like um, learning how to love yourself? Or do you think at one point <laughs> you really got it? Or um, yeah, how is your opinion to that? Hmm. I mean, it's definitely lifelong. It's always ongoing. It's always about an inquiry within, right? Um, but that can seem quite daunting, especially if you haven't really dived into any of this. The good news is <laughs> that once you start learning about these concepts and maybe you have some process work or some areas that you can either read some books or if you do find a coach or someone that can help you through this, eventually you can continue just applying this to your own self and you will notice these things in your own mind a lot quicker. So your response is going to change because you're going to be noticing these things. It's a lifelong process, it never ends, but it does get easier and it does get more clear. And we might be able to catch it really quickly and choose to react in a different way or respond in a different way um, because we'll get so clear on, okay, I see this, I know where it comes from, I know what I need in this moment, and I know what I, how I need to lean into the discomfort. So it definitely gets easier over time um, and in my opinion is the most worthwhile investment you can ever really make. Oh yeah, for sure. So if you want to have a coaching session with beautiful Janelle, I will link her in the show notes and you can book an, also an online consultation with her. Have you, uh, probably you have worked with people from different heritage, from different nationalities. Would you say that there is a difference between um, people coming from different parts of the world as they grew up in different societies and were shaped in different forms? And if so, can you give a few examples? Maybe how does the pattern or their expectation of relationships, etc., differ? Yeah, absolutely. So this work is... Um, actually a lot of ancestral trauma that we may be carrying right so if from your lineage and from whatever your 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 bloodline kind of went through that's going to impact the way that they show up and they relate and they raise their children so we like to say it's you're actually healing for a full lineage and it can feel really intense because of all the learned behaviors that have been passed down through your family line so um, if you are coming from a um, a, a place that maybe had a lot of war that and really more recently that trauma is there that's probably going to impact a lot of things hard to say in exactly what way um, but all of the trauma that's happened in our generation it's unique and it will impart the way that our our, our bloodlines have developed in the way that we were raised um, I, I like to believe that it these kinds of things get stored in our bodies. So it's actually being passed down on more of a biological level. Um, but you can think of it in whatever way kind of makes the most sense to you. And then of course, to each culture, it's unique in the, the specific kind of societal conditioning that we've all been raised in. So um, basically just what kind of background you come from and your family and the beliefs that are around you is obviously going to impact the way that you feel like you need to show up 
again, usually in order to feel lovable and accepted because at a core level, that's what we're all seeking to do. So of course, depending on whatever things are more prevalent in in your culture and wherever you come from is going to impact the way that you feel you should be and you should show up. And if this is putting a lot of pressure on us to be a certain way and we're, you know maybe we don't really feel aligned with that value or let's say the pressure is to um, let's say it's to achieve very highly right so if you come from some kind of country that's all about really a high level of standard and achievement makes you valuable you may feel like in order to be loved you need to achieve a very high standard of result or or do a lot in your life right certain countries are more oriented towards working a lot, studying a lot, whatever it is. So if part of you really wants to go off and let's say travel or you want to be an artist and that's not respected in your culture, you're going to probably either A, do it and deal with some some shame around that conditioning or you will go against that and you're going to do the more status quo because that's how you've been taught that you need to be in order to be loved at a core level. And of course that thought isn't coming out you're not saying oh well in order to be loved i better get this phd (laughs) but in the back of your mind in the in your heart that's that's what's going on so of course things like that will will impact the way that we we are and it really just comes down to getting clear on why we're doing the things we are where it comes from and tuning in to really feel what do we actually want so a lot of people don't know, apart from the societal conditioning. A lot of people don't know what they truly want. And of course, because we've been so told so many things for our entire life. So that's quite a process to get back to, okay, who am I and what do I want? And how can I learn to honor that above all else, what everyone's telling me I need to be? Because I'm going to put me as number one. Um, and that's, again, just part of that self-love journey. Yeah, it's really interesting you were saying that with the ancestors because um, I, as you know, come from Germany and um, I always feel that there is a very heavy uh, post-traumatic thought or like um, vibe in the air and energy that is passing through the generations and still is impacting my generation and even the younger generations um, a lot in their way of behaving or relationships and also like the, the whole way of behavior in that country. So... Um, yeah it's really interesting you you brought that up and how it also like differs to countries who maybe have different ethics or like work ethics etc um so do you think as we're living in a very international society now or um, a world where everyone is moving especially on bali we meet so many people from everywhere around the world but and then also it comes to dating do you think it's more difficult to date someone from another culture because we have all these different background and also expectations maybe from relationship or is it really a chance to learn in order to know where I'm standing yeah so I mean that's hard to say without knowing without knowing that person's specific history because it's we're so complicated and it's gonna a lot of that yes will come from our culture and our ancestry but it'll also be in how we were raised and maybe outside events apart from our family that happened as we were growing up whatever so we're all quite complex I wouldn't say that um, it would be a direct barrier that 
you could really face of course things like that could impart the way that people relate with one another um especially if they're coming from maybe let's say two two countries that had a lot of history or something of course that can all influence it but i would just say as long as whoever you're meeting or dating or engaging with you can do be inquisitive to find out okay what are their values are they willing to be communicative with me like what are my values actually what do i want from relationship what's going to feel self-honoring for me and then being inquisitive to find if that if that can work with that other person right so i think in dating it we've learned to to make it almost like we're showing up and trying to put our bet, best foot forward and appear a certain way and to say hey um, person I met these are all my values do you align with me feels really scary because we don't want to seem too intense or too clingy or too whatever but I think it's really important to dive in and to be curious about this as we date before committing to some kind of relationship so that we know that that relationship can foster growth and can um, foster vulnerability and authenticity right so it's just about finding um, a person that will again meet you there and and trusting in the dating phase even if we feel like oh it would be so nice to have somebody right now it would be so nice to be in relationship instead of like just picking the first person that picks us being really clear on like I'm an amazing person I have these values and I deserve to be with somebody that's going to meet all of these values for me and of course that can take time if we don't believe that we're amazing but it's it's just good to get clear on that so that you can proceed going into relationships where you can, again, continue continue working on that and, and show up in a way that feels good for you. Can you give any more specific dating advice, especially for the beginning? How do I find out if the person really is a good match or how do I even find this person? Um, how shall I behave in the beginning? And yeah, some maybe general advice. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, in all kind of dating scenario, people are going to, again, show up in that way of putting on, you know, a nice mask where they're like, they're just, they, you know, and especially if we get excited, we often see that person through rose-colored glasses. So that's normal and that's okay. And we're not always going to necessarily know, okay, what is this person's wounding until probably later on when we're in a formed relationships and fights begin to maybe break out or there's some kind of form of conflict so because of this i would say that just being really open from the beginning what is it that you're looking for this is what i want right some people might not be interested in relationship is that what you're interested in or whatever you're seeking saying this is what this is where i'm at this is what i want are you looking for this too let's not waste time And it sounds so intense because people don't want to be direct, especially if you're, let's say, a woman looking for a relationship. You might think, well, if I tell all these men, like, hi, I'm looking for a relationship, you might freak them out. And you don't necessarily have to just say, hi, I'm looking for a relationship. You can explain, hey, like, just so you know, um, I'm interested in exploring dating you and getting to know you more. Uh, but in the end, I, I am looking to have a more long-term partnership. So if, if that's where you're If you're open to that, great, let's proceed. And if not, I'm comfortable enough with myself to walk away right now. Like, I, I don't actually I don't actually need to stay in this if you're just wanting to whatever, casually date or have 
casual sex or whatever it is that you're looking for because I I know that I am worthwhile um, having somebody commit to me if that's what I'm looking for. And I mean, maybe we date and we find out, okay, this isn't really a match or I don't want to proceed and that's fine, but at least you can be clear on what it is that people are looking for. Um, And you could just start by being inquisitive and curious and just asking a lot of questions. And honestly, you could even maybe try to find out a bit about their upbringing or their family life and and just feel into the if that person is open to sharing things about themselves with you, I would say is a important thing when you are dating and exploring, getting to know people. That sounds like a very German way of dating. (laughs) We're known (laughs) to be the world's most direct nation, I think. So (laughs) start dating the Germans, then you're successful. (laughs) But be careful for the (laughs) post-traumatic ones. Um, So is there any other thing you would like to share with the audience before I go to my two last questions, which I'm always asking in my interviews? Yeah, I would just say to just to kind of re-explain this whole thing because it can be kind of confusing and of course it's just a grand collage of our life and our existence and so it can be difficult to navigate through and just to simplify things, it is really about healing the relationship that you have with yourself, learning to listen to your thoughts, to your inner critic, learning to come back to love with yourself Um, over and over until it feels more natural and over time you will just begin to make more self-honoring decisions and that will look like your whole life kind of changing around you as you decide to only take the best for yourself and it takes time and it can be messy and in fact really uncomfortable it often is but like I said before it's the most worthwhile investment you can make with your time and has absolutely changed my whole life for the better um I was just saying to my friend today that this is the best my relationship with myself has ever felt and I can really feel the world around me just continually uh shifting as I as I've been on this journey for a few years now and I'm just so grateful to have been able to be on it and to help other people with it as well Yeah, and I'm super grateful you're sharing this in my interview today. (laughs) Thank you for this beautiful interview so far and um, this great summary. Um, So one of my um, basic questions is always, how does a pure, happy, healthy life look like for you? Mm. Well, of course, just coming back to that self-love, right? And if you do have that relationship, your life is going to be pure, happy and healthy because you are um, coming from more clarity. You are finding more, I've personally found a lot more happiness through this work. And I have also made shifts in the way that I uh, am, am healthy. So I would say to frame how that would look, to be pure, happy and healthy would be to surround yourself with really good people that inspire you, but also lift you up that encourage you always, that see how amazing um, you are and your highest potential. Of course, making self-honoring decisions when it comes to food and other things. So yeah, really just the people you surround yourself is the main component for me uh, because again, that's a reflection of, of how you see yourself and that relationship. So yeah. 
Yeah, there's a saying that you are like the five people you hang out the most with. And I think that, yeah, really is so true because we're like mimicking people and we always surround ourselves with the people we're basically feeling like we are ourselves. And it's just basically a reflection of how we feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so thank you for that. And um, my last question is, is there any podcast, movie or book that was really a game changer for you and inspired you highly? Yeah, I love reading. Um, I haven't dived as much into the podcast, but I know there's lots of great ones out there. Um, one really amazing book that I like to recommend to people is The Untethered Soul. I really enjoy because it's quite simple and it really continues just reinforcing this idea of um, emotions and trauma being stored in the body and just on a very kind of basic level, the way that we process and we hold things. It's all about learning how to feel and let things go. And so... I really, I didn't talk about this a ton in this interview, but I, I really believe in that, right? We have to feel to heal, and this book puts it very simply. And another one is really great is called Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks. And it's just talking about kind of a premise of what I spoke about a bit today and um, and working in partnership to hear each other see each other and um, love each other ultimately so that's a great one for for couples cool i will also link them in the show notes so you should definitely check them out i should check them out <laughs> as well um yeah i'm so so thankful uh, for this interview here and your time so thank you so much again and i will link her in my show notes so feel free to get in touch with her get your coaching session um, can really recommend it and uh, yeah if you like my podcast please stay tuned and subscribe or leave me a comment or like uh, share and i hope you tune in for the next one until then i say goodbye and i hope to see you soon bye